Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, and hello. Welcome into another episode of the Odds and Audibles podcast. This is your Wednesday edition. It is another Diamond Sport edition. Yes, you heard that correctly. Another Diamond Sport Odds and Audibles podcast. The second one ever. Uh, I'm here. This is your host, Jared Mack. I'm joined with our lovely interns, Dylan Conway and Jackson Noggle. Uh, everybody give Dylan a follow and Jackson a follow on Twitter. Dylan's handle is at dconway underscore three. Jackson's is at sports EUG. That's the first three letters of Eugene. Um, gentlemen, we are here today to discuss some softball moving forward. And softball ends their regular season at 31 and 17 with a 10 and 14 conference record. They take two or three away from Stanford to end the season. Um, it seems that they just got put into a regional. Dylan, can you tell me where they're going? Yes, they're going to Fayetteville, and they're facing Wichita State in their first game. Um, pretty strong regional, I think. Um, you've got Arkansas, obviously they're hosting in the other side of the regional, uh, going into Princeton. Um, and we're going to really see what they're made of. You know, they had the second hardest schedule the whole season, so we're going to really see if that tough schedule uh, paid off in the end. Yeah, none of these teams are going to be sneezed at. That's what I would say. Um, even Princeton, I think the bottom seed of this regional is 27 to 15 and 17 and 4 in conference play. I think all these games are going to be tough matchups. Uh, I'm really excited. Just how do you guys think the, that Oregon ended the regular season? I know they won five of six, sweeping Oregon State and then taking two or three from Stanford. Um, they weren't blowouts by any means, but, you know, a win is a win. Just, you know, your guys' thoughts on how they ended the overall regular season. I mean, I think it's how you wanted them to end the regular season. Um, going back to Oregon State, um, sweeping them. And then Stanford, uh, after dropping a game, coming back and winning two in a row. I mean, that's how you wanted them to end the season after. I mean, we recorded this podcast before and we talked about how um, – you know, they're playing all these good teams, but, you know, dropping a lot of games. And the questions were coming up were, are they, are they going to be able to beat, you know, the teams like Oregon State and Stanford? And they proved that they can still do that. So what that tells me is they're still able to beat anybody. And that our prediction of them playing that tough schedule throughout most of their conference play is going to help them because of those two series wins, I think. I think that, you know, it's a big confidence boost. It's how you want to end the season. Um and yeah, I mean, ending five or six, there's really no complaints from me. I think that's how um, you wanted it. You wanted it to end, especially after dropping a game to Stanford and coming back and winning two in a row. That's what I think, Jackson. Totally agree with Dylan there. Um, rolled with some serious punches through the, you know, through the Pac-12. Some of the best teams in the nation uh, were, were on our schedule there, but uh, persevered through it. And uh, like you said, won five of the last six. I think that was huge. And it was honestly a big time turnaround. Um, 
especially against the team against teams like Oregon State and Stanford that are still in you know the top forty in the uh, nation in RPI. The Pac-12 is tough as a whole, so getting those wins against those middle table teams prove that the Ducks are still uh, a competitive postseason squad. Obviously, you know, winning games is something that you like to see. But in those wins, did you guys come away with any, you know, key takeaways from either the offense or, or defense or pitching or anything like that? Um, for me, it was pitching, honestly. It, it's um, we mentioned the duo of Stevie Hansen and Cleet Thermos last, uh, last podcast, but I think it really showed their ability to not only for each of them to take games themselves, but to switch off in between games and we'll get to it. But a few of these teams in the regional um, are spectacular mm-hmm. teams and that's going to need to transition into regionals for them to be successful and seeing how they played um, on the pitching side of things, the last two series, I think um, it's, it's a good sign in my opinion, Jackson. Totally. Again, pretty much just reiterating what you said. Um, If we look at these last two series, most runs allowed in a game by the Ducks was three, um, two different times. And then the other times, you know, one, two, three, zero. uh, Pitchers were playing really well in those last two series. And again, like you said, these teams were going to be, the Ducks are going to be matched up against Wichita State, uh, Arkansas especially, have some really big bats. So, uh, yeah, Clothermis and Hansen are going to need to show up in order for the Ducks to uh, pull off some victories in Fayetteville. You guys both mentioned it, but let's jump into regional talk. It's about that time. Uh, Oregon starts their regional on Friday at 5.30 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. For those interested and who are listening or who are watching, um, they take on Wichita State. Wichita State is 33-16 and 16 this season. Um, uh, a solid program, but both of you guys mentioned the offensive firepower. Uh, yeah, they, they certainly have some, just what did you guys see from like a little, a little deep dive into their program and um, some of the strengths and weaknesses from this Wichita state team. Um, right off the bat, one thing that stuck out to me is they lost seven to four to Arkansas, which is a common opponent in regional. Just thought I'd throw that out there, but that aside, uh, they're third in the nation in batting with a, Three five one batting average as a team, and then McKinney is first in the nation in batting average and home run or in hits um, rather ninety hits and a five eleven batting average. Uh, yeah, they have bats. Um, that's gonna that's the strength of their their team. Um, they have put up some big numbers on some teams. On the other other side of things, they have fallen to most of the ranked teams they've played. I mean, Oklahoma's number one, but they lost to them. They lost three times to number ten OSU. Um, I mean, it's a game. I, it's, it's, it's a series. I think the Ducks should win. Um, again, this is a game where I think their tough schedule is going to come in handy in terms of they've seen it all this year. They've gone against big batting teams. They've gone against teams with all sorts of strengths. Um, but again, Wichita State, the strength of their team is clear. They're a really big hitting team and that's the deduction you need to prevent. They need to continue that strong pitching in order to slow them down. Something that uh, Melissa Lombardi and multiple players talked about during the presser on Sunday after they um, just, uh, figured out they were in the regional um, was that winning that first game is just so huge. And uh, last year, the Ducks matched up against Texas State, I think, in the first game of the regional 
might have looked ahead a little bit, um, took a tough loss in that one, and ended up getting eliminated pretty much as a result of it um, later on in that regional. So, yeah, like you said, Dylan, this um, this Wichita State team has a lot of good hitters. Uh, Sydney McKinney, like you said, is like arguably the best hitter in the nation, and then they have two other batters uh, batting over four hundred. So um, it's going to be important because these guys are good, but it's also going to be important because this is a, a postseason opening matchup, and it's really important to start with some momentum. Jax, I have a quick question for you. Um, for sure. I, looking at these teams and seeing their strength of schedule, you know it's important going into regionals. How much do you put into your record against top 25 teams going into regionals, whether it's good or bad? I definitely think that's super important. Um, what's unfortunate about that is the Oregon's record against top 25 teams is not particularly great either. But um, I think that just goes to show that um, both of these teams have experience against top, top squads um, and they're probably pretty even. So I think this Wichita-Oregon matchup is going to be very important to lead us off. Yeah, I agree. Are you guys, are you guys worried at all that like – Oregon's pitching, it's kind of been one of their biggest weaknesses of the season, especially the later half. And then you roll into a Wichita State team that has, like, just going through their their starting nine, basically, they have a million home runs. Um, <laughs> Addison Barnard has 32 home runs this season and, like, in their 45 games and 82 RBIs. Um, you guys mentioned Sydney McKinney. And then, like, towards the bottom of the lineup, uh, Zoe Jones and Lauren Mills just, you know, casually combined for 30 home runs and, like, 99 RBIs. Is that – how concerning is that to you guys? I forgot to mention Barnard. Yeah, she's first in the nation home run. By she's, she's, a, she's a beast. Yeah, I forgot to mention her. Um, I mean, it, it is a little concerning. I'm not going to lie. It is concerning um, considering that one of our weaknesses play them to their biggest strength. That is concerning. Yeah. But – then again, um, like I mentioned before, Wichita State hasn't played a lot of teams like Oregon this year. And when they have, they've lost. So, again, regionals, it's not the regular season anymore. Regionals is, is a different story. But, you know, I mentioned players like McKinney and Barnard, um, players that can really just change the game off one bat. It is concerning. But I think if Oregon, Oregon has to realize that before going into the game. They have to know. I mean, I'm sure they do. But they have to realize that what they're going against um, is a really strong hitting team and be ready for that. On the other side of things, we haven't mentioned the Oregon offense yet. If it turns into a shootout, they have the ability to, you know, stay with them the whole time and win those high scoring games. But then again, the offense has to show up. I mean, against going back to UW, two of those games were blowouts. The other was a really close high scoring game. The Oregon is right with them the whole time. So if the pitching isn't there, the offense has to be ready to get some runs. And that's the name of the game, in my opinion. I totally agree. Um, back to the pitching thing a little bit. Um, sure, our pitching's been shaky all year. The other reason why it's very concerning is because we've also been very shaky giving up home runs. Um, and like Jared said, this is a great home run hitting team. Um, especially uh, Hanson for us, there was a lot of rise balls, which are easier to hit out of the park, obviously. So, yeah, I definitely am very concerned going into this game. That being said, um, I think our pitching is in a better spot right now than it was two weeks ago. So I'm more confident than I was then, absolutely. What is your guys like just 
this is a, a, you guys mentioned it a lot, like basically at the beginning of the segment, just how impressive this, like this regional is just your thoughts on, on potential Oregon advancing through Wichita state and what a matchup with Arkansas could look like. Um, I mean, it would, I, I think Arkansas has the upper hand in this, um, in this regional, just because of the track record this season. I mean, they've beaten a lot of really good teams. They went two and one against uh, number 10, Tennessee, two and one against number 18, LSU, two and one against, or three and oh, against Auburn and beating Kentucky and number 13, Florida. They beat a lot of top, uh, top 25 teams. Uh, they won the SEC. Um, I mean, not bad. The, the, yeah, exactly. They, they, they will all do for 44 and 9, 19, 5 in conference and a really good conference. They, I mean, if they stick to their game, they should be successful. But then again, Oregon has played the toughest schedule or the second toughest schedule in the nation. This is nothing they haven't seen before. If there's a team Arkansas doesn't want to see in the second round, it's probably Oregon because they've seen everything. They've played all these really good teams. Um, you know, they won't be intimidated by Arkansas. They've been playing teams to their caliber all season long, but it's going to be a really tough out. Because, again, just like Wichita State, they've got um, um, Lenny Malkin, 20 home runs, ninth in the nation. Danielle Gibson, who's eighth in batting average and 15th in home runs, or hit, rather. Uh, they have hitters just like Wichita State. And Oregon's got to beat two strong hitting teams if we want to advance. And I think they can do it. I really do because of the schedule they've played. But they've got to lock in the pitching. And if it turns into a shootout, they have to lock in the hitting. I'm definitely not counting the Ducks out against a team like Arkansas. We've seen that they can play with some of the best teams like Arizona State, UCLA. Some of those matchups were tight um, and very winnable. But that being said, Arkansas is really good. I think it's going to be a struggle to force them out of this regional, especially considering that they're hosting it. And on top of that, they have a really good um, diamond sports culture uh, in that area. Um, Their baseball team is is legit. Um, So I think there's going to be a great crowd. It's going to be tough to beat Arkansas in Fayetteville for sure. All right, boys. Let me hear some projections i want this regional winner um and i want if you guys are comfortable with that i want your your college world series your softball world series champion all right obviously i'm picking oregon to win this regional i'm not scared of arkansas i'm not scared of wichita state you know so that's, those are regular season numbers regionals are different um I'm not scared about the hitting numbers oregon will take the regional and I think UCLA is going to win the whole thing. Pac-12 represent UCLA. All right. Um, I guess I'm going to – if you're taking Oregon, I'm going to have to play devil's advocate. I'll go with Arkansas. They're just <laughs> – they're too good, and they're playing at home. Uh, I got them advancing. And then to win it all, um, that's a tough call for sure. There's a lot of really good teams this year that I think could win it. Um, one team that I think is going to make some noise for sure and I think could win it is probably – uh, yeah, I'll go with Oklahoma. <laughs> um, they're 49 and two, I think, or they have very few losses and they've just been dominant Jeez. all year long. Um, I would not be surprised to see them just make a tear through this tournament. They're, they're probably the favorite, huh? Yeah, I think, I think so. I think they're the number one overall seed. So basic pick, but I'm going to have to go with it. 
it could be a lot of different teams. It could be a lot. Yeah. It yeah. Really, there's, no, there's a lot of great teams up there. Um, totally UCLA could sneak in. I think a team like Arizona state could even come in and win it. Um, so yeah, but I'm going to go with the favorites, Oklahoma. <laughs> I, I mean, a 49 and two record. That doesn't sound like that bad of a prediction. I'll tell it's you absurd. what. Decent record. Yeah, it's all right. All right, gentlemen, I appreciate you coming on. Um, once again, for those listening or those watching, uh, please give Dylan and Jackson your follows on Twitter. Dylan's is at dconway underscore three. Jackson's is at sports EUG. That's the first three letters of Eugene. Uh, you can find Dylan and Jackson's work on duckterritory.com. They're going to have a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, and once again, Friday, 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on ESPN+. Plus. Oregon takes on Wichita State for their first game of the Fayetteville Regional in Arkansas. So thanks again, you guys. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it, Jared. Thanks for having us on, man. Everybody tune in. Big game yes. on Friday. Everyone, let's go. Diamond Sports Love. Yep. Yes, sir. And with that, we're going to take a quick, quick break, and then I'm going to come back and discuss some Oregon baseball action. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right. We are back. It is some more Diamond Sports. Uh, thank you for following along. Thank you for listening, and thank you for watching here on YouTube. Let's let's jump right into it. So yesterday, Oregon took on number eleven Gonzaga at home at PK Park. Uh, they ended up with a walk off victory. Jacob Walsh with the two run double, sending home Josh Kasovich from second and pinch runner William Riley from first base to win the game five to four. Um, pretty big RPI booster for Oregon jumps them up. I think that's four spots up to 24th in the country. Um, you know, this is, it's the last week of the regular season in case you weren't aware. Um, this was a much needed win and they got it. Um, they started Christian Schifatelli, his second start in five days. He started Friday's game against Arizona state. His first Friday start of the season is today. Uh, yesterday was his fourth start of the season in general. Um, that seemed to me the start of Christian Schiffetelli. That seemed to be a win now move. Um, I asked Coach Mark Wazakowski after the game. He mentioned that it was it was he was scheduled to throw a bullpen anyway, so you might as well get a bullpen on the field, which I'm a big fan of. If you're going to have a bullpen, you might as well throw it on the field against real competition. But at the same time, um, 
you know, Coach Bajikowski is very well aware of, of the RPI and where Oregon sits in the positional rankings and where they can be and where they should be. So I think that was a win now move, frankly. Um, Gonzaga is a good baseball team, though. Uh, they did not throw Gabe Hughes tonight, thankfully. Uh, he's going to be a first round draft pick. But I do fear that because of Gonzaga's loss to Oregon on Tuesday night, um, I do fear that they will not be hosting a regional, which means that Oregon might be traveling somewhere for their regional. Um, but I'll get to that later. Um, the game was, it was a solid overall. Josh Kasovich hit his seventh home run of the season in the first inning. Um, Oregon's bats went dead silent from the, the second to the seventh inning. Uh, I think they accumulated one hit and three total base runners and one reached on an air. Um, a little concerning, but you know, nothing, nothing that this program hasn't seen before, certainly. Um, Gonzaga, I mean, Oregon had, uh, I think it was seven pitchers throw last night, which is, again, pretty impressive. But they all did, they all fared well. Um, Matt Dallas gave up the one three run home run in the eighth inning that gave Gonzaga the lead and, and what, what looked to be the, the game winning run for a long time. Um, but Oregon battled back. Um, in the eighth inning, Oregon had a real good scoring opportunity as well with two on and two out. But Drew Cowley struck out swinging to end the eighth inning. So that was what looked like, honestly, at the time as the last good scoring opportunity for the Ducks. But, you know, they persevered. They came back. Um, Logan Mercado, Rio Britton, uh, Chifatelli, uh, they all looked good last night. Uh, Dylan Savia, Caleb Sloan as well threw the ball well. Um, which leads us into why that's important going forward in the next few days in, you know, in, in over 24 hours, Oregon begins their final regular season uh, series against Arizona, number 24, Arizona. Um, they're ranked by baseball America. And that's my, my, my poll of choice. Um, they're 35 and 17 on the season. They're 16 and 11 and conference play that puts them in fourth place ahead of the Ducks. There's 36 in the RPI. Um, this is a solid program. This was, I believe, was the preseason Pac-12 favorite to win the conference. Um, it's going to be Oregon State, barring no. I, actually, it's just going to be Oregon State after looking at the, the standings once again. Um, Arizona is a solid program. Um, they have been in the past. They they are currently, um, they have the second best catcher in the country in Daniel Susak, um, I believe related to Andrew Susak. Uh, he's there. He's by far the best overall player on this roster. Um, like I said, second best catcher in the country. Uh, Kevin Parada, Georgia Tech is far and away the best one, but that's, that's no shame for, for Susak over here in Arizona. Um, he's hitting 368 with a 433 on base percentage and a 583 slugging percentage. He's a machine. Um, he's been doing this for for two years now. Um, I guess if you include the 2020, 2020 shortened season, um, he's a draft eligible sophomore. He will be picked, and I, I do believe he will be picked in the first round. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's an up and down. It's it's a good roster. It's a good offensive unit. Um, Tanner Tremba is their right fielder. He's, you know, his OPS is over a thousand. He's got eight home runs this season. 
Um, their leading home run getter is Chase Davis, their left fielder. He's slugging just under 600 with a 990 OPS. He's got 15 bombs in the season, um, 54 strikeouts to 40 walks, but still the 40 walks number is impressive. Um, it's a 412 on base percentage. I would say where Arizona might struggle a little is on their starting pitching. Um, Garrett Irvin is their headline, their Friday night guy. Uh, he's he's good, <laughs> unsurprisingly, as a Friday night guy. But he has 13 games started this season, 2.65 ERA, 78 innings pitched, and 57 strikeouts to 27 walks. Um, he is by far and away their best starting pitcher. You have Dawson Nets of seven starts in the season, a 4.45 ERA. Um, TJ Nichols, 13 starts, a 480, 4.84 ERA. Anthony Suzak, another Suzak brother, uh, seven starts with an 8.08 ERA, and then Chandler Murphy with eight starts and an 8.51 ERA. So again, uh, Garrett Irvin is their best starting pitcher. So their Friday night pitcher will be pitching Thursday night this week because of the Thursday, Friday, Saturday schedule of Oregon and Arizona, um, which I would, which I prefer. Give us a Sunday off and the PGA Championships this weekend. It's you know, it's not the worst case thing in the world. Um, out of the bullpen, though, uh, Arizona has some good guys. Quinn Flanagan, 1.48 ERA. Uh, he's by far and away their best bullpen pitcher. Um, they seem to have their, they, their saves divvied up. Ten total saves in the season between Trevor Long and Holden Christian. Um, tremendous bullpen name in Holden Christian. Good Lord. Um, but so that, that'll be Oregon's final regular season series at home at PK Park. Begins Thursday, I believe, at 6 p.m. Let me double check that for everyone. Um, yep, 6 p.m. Another later start. So let's talk about where they go from here. We just talked with Jackson and, and Dylan about where Oregon softball is because they've, they're already in the postseason. Um, Oregon still has two weeks to go. They have the rest of this week, and they have the Pac-12 tournament in Phoenix, or in Scottsdale, I should say. Um, I'll be there, so coverage will not be stopping. Um, that'll be huge to where Oregon could go or where they don't go. Like I brought up at the beginning, um, Oregon's RPI is 24th. They have... You know, they've won uh, four of their last five ball games uh, with a win against UCSD, uh, two against uh, Arizona State, and then Gonzaga. Um, it's good. I think they could have swept on Saturday to Arizona State, but it was just a good ball game. Um, Arizona State came through and won. They didn't make their same mistakes that they did on Friday and Sunday, and that's okay. It's be nice to sweep every series, but they did sweep against Gonzaga on the season, so they'll take that as a win. They're, so, yeah, 24th in the RPI. Here is what I was referring to earlier with Gonzaga and how this loss probably kicks them out of hosting. It looks like it has already. Um, Baseball America just came out an hour ago with their field of, field of 64 projections. Gonzaga is no longer hosting a regional which means on the flip side, this means that Oregon will be traveling. 
and where they're traveling to. Well, Baseball America has them projected to travel to Auburn, Alabama, where they will be in the in the Auburn regional. Auburn, obviously, as your uh, number one seed, uh, eighth seed overall uh, in college baseball, the top eight seeds. Uh, that's where the super regionals are, regardless of if the if the number one seed goes through. So. Oregon is going to be matched up with Auburn as the one seed. Oregon will be the two seed. Georgia Tech is the three seed, which I mentioned. Kevin Parada already. You don't want to see him. And um, number four, the fourth seed is Davidson. It's an interesting bracket. Um, again, I, I I would rather not see Kevin Parada as a third seed, who's going to be like a top 10 draft pick. But um, Auburn's a solid program. Their stadium is a mess and like, I don't mean that in any negative way, but um, it could certainly be some, some high scoring ball games. I remember watching Boston college play their last season and there were some really high scoring, high octane performances. Um, granted, both of those teams last year were pretty talented, but um, the, yeah, the, the, the problem for, with, with Gonzaga losing, which is strange for me to say because Oregon beat them, um, is that Oregon has to travel. Now Gonzaga is projected as a two seed at the Corvallis Regional. We all know who's the number one seed there, and rightfully so. Um, Stanford is a regional as well, and that is it for on the West Coast. If we're looking to get anywhere west, quote-unquote, it's, uh, it's Lubbock, Texas, and that is about as far west as another regional will be held. So regardless, Oregon will be traveling if they do not, if they do not host a regional, I think they're slowly moving up towards a potential. They'll probably, they, they have to win all three games against Arizona if they want to host a regional. And then they probably have to get it to the championship game against whoever it is at the Pac-12 tournament, which would be on uh, May 30th. Um, it's going to be tough. However, there are some bright spots moving forward. Uh, their improvement in their pitching staff is, is actually a real thing. If you've been following this program this season, if you've been following the team, you'll know that walks and command especially have been an issue. Um, multiple walks per inning. Uh, it just feels like at any given moment, the wheels could fall off the wagon and Oregon could start walking, walking players or hitting players, not on purpose. Um, just wanted to clarify just start hitting or walking players, whatever the case may be. And then all of a sudden it could be a three to four run deficit. Yeah, that hasn't happened that much of late. It happened a little bit yesterday against Gonzaga. And that was, it's all right. It's the four walks and nine innings. It's not the worst thing in the world. However, against Arizona state in three games, only four walks. <laughs> Very proud to see how far this team has come over the course of the season because it was bad at points, um, truly. And they had, I, I believe they opened up at the season with 11 walks against uh, San Diego. So that's something. Um, Coach Wazikowski talked about it yesterday. Um, he's, you know, he hasn't been, not that he's been shy to talk about it, but he hasn't given a, um, a real concrete answer of what they're trying to um, improve upon in the bullpen. Um, but he kind of gave one on, on yesterday. He said that they're trying to do it mentality with mentality, um, pitching guys in an order where they're strongest mentally, 
Um, so he, he referenced Shifatelli, who also referenced that he had some uh, mental hurdles to get over and how to become a better overall bullpen arm. Um, and that seems to be coming into fruition. Um, RJ Gordon moved back to the bullpen on Friday night instead of starting um, where he posted a career high in innings pitch at 6.1. So you have performances like that. Um, It feels like we haven't seen Colby Summers in forever because we haven't. uh, He's only pitched, gosh, three times in the last two weeks. Might might even be three weeks. I don't think he he pitched at all against Oregon State. Um, But again, you still have Real Britain and Matt Dallas and Caleb Sloan and uh, you know, Shivatelli could come out of the pen. Gordon, Summers, and there, there are a lot of arms in this team, which isn't a bad thing. Stone Cherby, another one who has obviously the best name on the team. Um, for, for, for Oregon to be impactful, though, they do need quality starts. And whether that's from Isaac Ayan or whether that's from Jay Stoffel or whether that's an opener where a, a bullpen arm and Kodula, a bullpen arm comes in and throws one to two innings and gets the game going and then turns it over to RJ Gordon or Isaac Aon or Jay Stoffel. Um, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. I just think they need to get some type of quality start. Um, Oregon has a severe differential between um, scoring runs in the first three innings compared to the rest of the game. And I think that can be concerning if you need to come back late, but it can also be a perk when you're ahead early. The issue with being ahead early is keeping that lead for the entire game, which Oregon has had a lot of problems doing with their starting pitching because, well, they could be up three to nothing and being the away team. And then all of a sudden it's three to three and going into the second inning. And that can happen, especially in a regional. Um, however, um, things are, I would characterize looking up at this point for Oregon baseball. Um, they held a hours long team meeting between the first and second game against UC San Diego. And while efforts to ask uh, what went on during that meeting have not been met with answers that I would, uh, that would be helpful to our cause as the media, um, whatever was said in there worked and they have come out with a brand new attitude um, of probably a deeper appreciation for the game than they had before. And it has shown on the field clearly. They've been playing very well. Um, they've been hitting the bejeebas out of the ball. Um, they didn't do it so much against Gonzaga, but that again, that's the number 11 team in the country. Um, you know, they ganged up on Arizona State twice in a weekend. They ganged up on UC San Diego in that final game. Um, some changes to the lineup were necessary and some changes happened. And I, you know, it's it's different. You know, that six game losing streak is going to be the you know the make or break of the season. Obviously, if they didn't go on. If they only go on a three game losing streak, they're probably still in contention to hold host a regional. However, they didn't. Um, the best they can do now is to keep moving forward and try, uh, you know, try to go out there and sweep Arizona. I think it's as simple as that. And then try to make a deep run in the Pac twelve tournament, which is going to be pretty hard, pretty darn hard. Um, yeah, I think that's it for me. I think that's it for baseball. Um, once again, if you've made it this far in the podcast, thank you for listening. Um, we'll be moving forward 
Uh, Matt and I will be back on Friday, most likely. Eric Scopel is on a vacation right now, so everybody wish him well. Um, that'll do it for this edition of the Odds and Audibles podcast. Uh, thanks again for Dylan Conway and Jackson Noggle for coming on. Our two lovely interns, make sure everybody gives them a follow on Twitter. Um, I'm not going to say their ats again. I think we've said that enough already. Um, thank you again to Matt Preem for being our executive producer of today's episode. Matt, shout out to Matt Preem. Everybody give him a follow on Twitter, which I'm sure most of you already do. So thank you again. And thank you again for listening to the Ots Audibles podcast. Peace. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves, demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop, make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd, only on Paramount Plus.